Welcome to the Black Real Estate Voices Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Jefferson. Today, our guest is Mr. Nolly Williams. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Kevin. How are you, brother? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, looking forward to this. Uh, I've seen you all over the real estate circuit, and I had to get you on the show. Uh, Thank you. So you can impart some, some knowledge and wisdom, especially in the time in the market um, where listings are dry and that's your specialty. So, uh, for those who don't know who you are, can you introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah. So I, I became an entrepreneur at about age 12. I'm 52 now. So I've been an entrepreneur for 40 years. Um, I've been working exclusively, um, quote for myself. In other words, I haven't taken a W2, uh, for at least 30 years. And, um, I got into real estate almost 20 years ago. And uh, when I when I jumped in the real estate game, I took over a thousand listings my first 10 years in the business. And my belief is really is that if if the market is really good, then you can you can make a lot of money. And if the market is really bad, you can make two to three times as much. So in a bad market, um, you can actually make a lot more. So so in this market that we're coming into. For the ones that are that have skills, um, they're going to clean up. They're going to clean up because the, the market we just came out of, you know, pretty much anybody could succeed in that market. This market's going to requ require skills. As, as I've heard, you know, the skillionaires are going to become the new millionaires. So skills is what's needed now with this market. Um, and every market's different. You know, I'm sure you've been around long enough to see different, you know, markets come and go. And uh, so, so it's very interesting. Yeah. But so that's my big thing. I've, I've written books on listings. I, I um, people ask me all the time, man, how'd you, how'd you take um, 21 listings in your first 74 days in the business? How'd you do a thousand listings your first 10 years? And so I wrote a book called success with listings that just breaks it down um, because I am hard to get a hold of. So, you know, people wanted to pick my brain, take me to lunch. I said, you know what? Here's my brain. It's 430 pages. And uh, and I, I picked it pretty clean, actually, and, and sort of broke down the game. But the strategies do change as the markets change, for sure. Wow. Let's, uh, I've never heard of skillionaire. <laughs> so you know, how I, much I, money you have or how many <laughs> skills you got? <laughs> no, that's your skills. Your skills, the, your skills is what pays the bills. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right. The, the more skills you have um, and the more you set your side of yourself apart uh, as, as a, you know, as a person with those skills, the more you get paid. I mean, it's just like Jim Rohn said, you know, you get paid in direct proportion to the perceived value that you bring to the marketplace. Okay. So your perceived value is what's very important. And that's what we're talking about because the, and you, and you increase your perceived value in a number of ways, you know, uh, through your unique selling proposition and your, um, you know, you have different tools that you, you use to, to, to increase that. But you, the, the number one way is really to, br to bring up your skills. <laughs> yeah. You have to be really good at, um, objection handling at getting people off the fence. Cause there's a lot of people that are wanting to sell right now. And there are a lot of sellers out there right now. It's just that what, what's happened is the, the, you have to get your unfair share. In other words, there's, there's going to be less to go around. <laughs> and, uh, and, and the ones that are, that really have the skills to, to, to succeed in this emerging market, this, this shifting market, uh, are going to clean up. Um, you know, when the market was the worst, uh, years ago, I think I had at one point I had 121 listings in inventory. Now the market we just came out of that was impossible because stuff sold so fast. It's so sight unseen. Um, so it, it's going to take longer to sell stuff, but you're just going to have to have a bigger inventory. Now you don't have to have a 220, but you, you're going to have to have your 10, 15, 20 listing inventory. Um, and, and, and I believe that listings should be the focus of any real estate agent uh, because that we've, it's been proven. No, nobody can debunk it list you got a list to last listings are keen that's the cream of the crop for real estate that's that's the that's the epoch if you will so 
uh, I just teach agents to start there. <laughs> that, that that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It, it does make sense. Um, yeah. Listings is king is, is what you typically hear in the uh, real estate space. Um, with that being said, where did if you jump in your first seventy four days of being in real estate, you got twenty one listings, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. How the reason I know that is because because I, I I was with a company now known as Berkshire Hathaway, uh, a company called Prudential, and I was there for 74 days. <laughs> wow. And when I left, I still have the inventory sheet of my inventory. I had 21. I had 20 listings when I left. Um, I had already closed a listing um, and I closed a few buyers, but but I had 20. I took 21. I took 20 listings with me. So um, but but uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where did that mindset come from right out the gate? Well, the mindset came from hunger. Okay. <laughs> uh, that and the fact that I didn't know any better. So when I when I was 23, that's when I started my rec record label. I was in the Christian uh, music uh, industry and I started that business with about eighteen hundred dollars and I learned the game. I, I, you know, I studied the game. I learned the game. And by the time I was 29, um, I made my first million. In fact, that year I made two million dollars. So I was making about 150,000 a month back then. But by the time I was 33, I was bankrupt <laughs> and broke. Uh, the, the market shifted. I didn't know how to shift with the market, and um, I found myself, you know, with with a with with a failing company. And so that's when I got into real estate, and I and I had to succeed. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like I was going to try it or let's give it a shot. It's like, this is it. It's do or die, you know? Um, and so I, I, I set myself up to succeed from the beginning, from a belief standpoint. And then I started reading all the books I could find about real estate. And, and I started asking people questions that were successful and everything came back to listings. Like, man, this is you know, and, and a lot of people would tell me, Kevin, they say, hey, start with buyers, work buyers for two or three years or or start with, um, you know, do open houses, start with this or that. And and I did pay attention to them some. Uh, some people said, join a team. That's the way to go first. But when I looked at where my end game, I said, well, what's my end game? My end game is to be a listing specialist. That's what I want to be. So why not just be that from the beginning? So when I first ordered my first set of business cards, uh, that was my title. I put listing specialist on the card. <laughs> uh, I had never worked with a buyer, never worked with a seller, but that I knew that that was going to be my specialty. And so I just went after it. Um, an interesting thing is that um, I was I was coaching a guy in our mentorship master's group here at EXP, and he was um, he, he was asking me about why he was getting so many buyer leads. And he does really well. I mean, this guy is making five, six hundred thousand a year. Very great, good agent in Toronto, Canada. His name is David uh, Mamo. And so I said, David, I said, let me look at your marketing, man. And I looked at all his marketing, and it, and it, the the thing that he had in common with everything, Kevin, was that all his pieces were marketing for buyers. His messaging was to buyers. And I said, well, here's the problem, man. <laughs> you know. Whatever you put out, that's what you receive. That's what scripture says. You know, when you sow, that's what you reap. So if you're sowing the kind of marketing for buyers, that's what you're reaping, man. If you want listings, don't ever market for a buyer again. That's the advice I gave him. I, I never marketed one time for a buyer ever. And so all of my marketing from the very beginning was are you thinking about selling your home what could your home be worth in today's market it was always to sellers always always all my marketing and so um i just became a magnet and and there's a lot of strategies around this but i became a magnet for listings 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 so that when people thought they said oh well i want to sell my house this is the guy he's the one that sells houses Nobody was really marketing about selling homes. They were marketing more for, are you thinking about buying? What are the interest rates? You know, things that would attract buyers. Um, I didn't have any of that kind of speech. Um, so from the very beginning, it was, um, you know, there's only two motivations that we have. 
it's either fear or love that's the end that's the the bottom line you know scripture says perfect love casts out all fear and so um back then truthfully my motivation was fear i didn't want to fail again <laughs> so and that can be a good motivator for people to succeed in business but it's not a lifelong motivator you know um eventually the motivator has to change to the positive instead of it, it in other words we could either be pushed by fear toward our goal or we could be pulled by our vision okay when you have a vision that's much bigger than you then you're actually pulled by your vision toward the goal you know and in fact all of all of heaven is behind you in in the goal that you have you know and so uh so yeah it to answer the question i mean i i knew that i had to succeed um and a lot of it was fear of I, like i didn't want to fail again i i knew i know what failure's like you know i filed bankruptcy i've had a house foreclosed um i have a i've had a lot of failure you know and and i wanted to succeed and i knew i could i had the belief in myself uh, but i knew that in order to do that i had to improve my skills and so i'm i'm a personal development junkie <laughs> yeah that's that's and I, i that is the key i believe that where a lot of potentially great agents who could take a larger portion of the market sure that investment in themselves um i think that when you let's say for instance you buy a course right you buy the course and you see nolly williams has had this success and yes the course is built to give you a foundation on how to get that success but that doesn't mean your 20 years in the industry will make them speed it up to 20 months. Correct. Right? Yeah, It's not always. There, not always. Not always, right? It's there to give yeah. them that foundation on this is what I did. This yeah. is what I didn't know. Sure. And had I known this, it would have sped up my progression. Sure. Absolutely. But I think Absolutely. we are instant society and I'm guilty as well. You know, I'm guilty as well as an instant society of wanting um success overnight and i can equate right. it to a personal story nothing to do with real estate my son mm. i coach him in basketball um he has some some of the goods like i think he has the ability yeah but he has to do the basics and sure. you know he didn't want to do the basics when i say basics, <laughs> nobody does we outside dribbling <laughs> right sure. we outside dribbling and he wanted to yeah. give up and i thought it was just my kid so i talked to one of my friends and we're talking about his, he's coaching as well and his son does the same exact thing they're best friends they do the same exact thing they didn't want to dribble they wanted to give up i'm big on practice i still believe that the way you practice is the way you're going to play that's right And That's if right. you don't play like when I played sports in high school it was not for the lack of preparation the other sure. team it was small things that we don't do and I right. said all that to say there's things that you do to get 21 listings in 74 days that seem very minuscule and minute but I bet you that's what got you the listing is that a fair share take on it yeah 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 and it's the the truth is that uh it's consistency you know i tell people the fa the slow is the fastest way to get rich <laughs> you know you you have to take time to unpack it because what scripture says is that if you build your house on the sand it's going to crumble it's going to come sinking and, and it's going to come crashing down and see what's happening kevin is a lot of agents um have built their house on sand And so when the market shifts, the house comes crumbling down because really the foundation was never built. It was just like, oh, things are moving. I'm going to jump in the stream. The stream is moving. I'm going to jump in and just let the current carry me because the current is doing that. Well, what happens when the current stops? Do you know how to swim or will you sink? You know, and so there's only four levels of life. You know, we're either uh, some people are drowning. Some people are surviving. Okay, which is the majority of people in America. 
you know, probably 80% of people are in survival mode. That means feast or famine, paycheck to paycheck, closing to closing, deal to deal. Um, and then there's people that are thriving. Okay. They're living on 30% of their income. They're having a great life. Of course, there's those that are flourishing, which is they're making like insane, stupid money. Uh, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, and so on. Not so, well, I'm not there. <laughs> I'm not there. I'm I'm in the thriving area. And and right. I tell people flourishing is, that's not, you know, you, you can, fl flourishing is like billionaire stat level, right? It's like, you'll never spend that in 20 lifetimes. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it doesn't really take that much. A lot of people don't realize how little it takes. It does take a lot of money to live here in America. But um, I teach people, I teach my students, I say, you know, you can make a quarter million a year or more nights and weekends off working 20 hours a week okay uh four to five vacations a year and be debt free if you follow my system and the truth is i mean i was doing all that i was working far less than uh than that and the bigger you become the less work you have to do a lot of people don't understand that concept either that principle um and the, re the which is one of the big reasons why i did volume you know when when i when i first started coaching i was eight months in the business Wow. And I started coaching with um, with with a lady and she she was with Mike Ferry's organization and she started coaching me in my business. I, she said, well, what's your what do you want to do? I, and I really wanted to do about 20 deals a year. That was my goal. If I could do 20 deals a year, I, I ran the numbers. That seemed pretty good to me. Um, I didn't have to have a big staff like I had before. I had 14 employees in my former company. Uh, I was like, I'm done with that. I'm just going to be me. I'm going to go out. I'm going to hustle. I'm going to get my grind on, do my deals, bring home the money. And if I do about 20 deals, I'm good. That's, that's how I thought. So when she came to me, she said, well, how many deals you want to do? So I, you know, of course I'm going to, I'm going to bump it up because my, I'm talking to my coach now. Um, and she, and, and here, here it was a thousand dollars a month I'm paying. Now, could I afford a thousand a month? You know, it's argue, it's arguable. I didn't want to pay it, you know, but I look at it as an investment, not not an expense. It's an investment, not an expense. So I said, okay, I'm going to pay a thousand a month and see what I can get out of that. And the very first conversation, she said, what, what's your goal? I said, I'm going to do 40 deals. Cause I'm thinking if I can do 20 on my own, you should help me to get to 40. Right. Uh, and, and so I thought she was going to be like, Whoa, that's big. You know, you know what she did? She poo pooed it. She said, Nolly, why wouldn't you do a hundred a year? And at first thing I thought, I was like, that is absolutely the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I laughed out loud. Okay. Uh, just like Sarah did when the, when the, when the angel came and said, oh, you're going to have a child 90 years old. She laughed out loud. I just burst out. I did. I, I did. It wasn't planned. I just, just laughed. It was like, that's just, that's just dumb. My subconscious mind couldn't even process it. And what she told me was, she said, and this has stayed with me my whole career. She said, Nolly. If you focus on doing a, over a hundred deals a year, I guarantee you'll work half as much as if you do your 40. And I said, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand it. But since you're my coach and you know better, you've, you've been successful at this. I'm new. I'm eight months in the business. I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it. So within my, by my second year, I was doing over 80 deals. By my third year, I never had a year where I did less than a hundred. Uh, 123, 150, 152. I mean, that, that was just my trajectory. And the truth of the matter is when I really sort of pimped it out, if you can call it that, um, I was working, you know, three, four, five hours a week at the most. Okay. And so it, the thing about listings is listings are highly leverageable. That's a, that's a good thing about listings. In other words, when I look at, so I have a 46 step listing system. There's 46 steps. Step number one, generate the lead. Step number 40, you close on the deal. And then there's another six steps that happen after closing. So the, the, when you look at it, of those 46 steps, there's only like three to five steps that require a license. Three to five. Okay. So with listings, what you actually can do is you can leverage out the majority of the tasks that are associated with a listing. So I got it down to, if, if it was just me and, a, and an assistant, I could get it down to where I'm working about three hours over the life of a listing. 
Okay. So that, that includes the uh, listing appointment might take an hour, hour and a half, me talking to him a few times during the time and then the closing 30 minute close on a, on a listing. So, um, but I, I don't want to spend more than three hours on, on any listing I take. Um, but I got it to where I even leveraged most of that out. So, so, so listings are highly leverageable. And, and the thing is, even if someone says that's ridiculous, I'm never going to do a hundred deals. I just want to feed my family. I want to do 10 deals a year, 15, 20. The system works the same. You see what I'm saying? The system works the same. And just like you said, with dribbling, you got to know how to dribble. You got to know how to carry the ball. You got to know how to, you know, run the play. You got to know how to run down the court. You got to, you have, you have to have stamina. Do you even have the energy, you know, to go, to go a whole game, you know, if you had to be in the game the whole time, you know? So, so, so these are principles and basics that the professionals work on and the amateurs don't. Wow. Yeah. I'm glad wow. you brought that up. Wow. So let, let's talk about the current market. Uh, at the time of this recording, it's 2022. Uh, we're in the midst of a recession. There has not been a crash in the market. However, um, sellers are tightening up on putting their properties on the market as sure. well as buyers uh, being apprehensive because of high interest rates. Right. I feel that the skillionaire can thrive in this market, right? Yep. However, what approach or is there a different approach in this market to you than it was, let's say, just even six months ago? Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Because six months ago, you know, anybody, you know, as of the time of this recording, as you said, six months ago, anybody could list your house and you, you real estate agents were seen as a commodity. So you had to work really hard to not be seen as a commodity, you know, now in this emerging market, now we can really get, get our game on. Okay. This is fun. You know, like that, like, um, it, it, when you when you think about from sports, it's like, okay, you've been playing that team and you won every game because you just you had you didn't have no you, you didn't have no hard you didn't have any competition. Now we're going to take you to a team that's 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 hard way better than you, which is the market. See now the market's throwing us challenges, and we have to say, wait a minute, how am I what how am I going to do this? Well, you got to get you got to get real good real fast, right? And the, the, the cool thing about listings, though, is that listings will only ever come from three buckets. Okay. So you don't really have to go all over the place to try to figure out how to get them. Okay. And, and a lot of times what, it, what happens with, um, with sellers is just, just a matter of uh, skills. It's, again, skillionaires. So if I talk to a seller and it is the right decision to sell, I've got to get them to understand that based on the data and the facts, right? But if I don't know the information, then I can't do that, right? So let me let me share share with you these three buckets real quick because I think uh, you know you're listening right now. You want to know, okay, what are these three buckets I have to go after? And by the way, they don't change with the market. Okay, this is evergreen. Okay. These are going to be the same buckets, by the way, in the year thirty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the same. It's going to be the same. So when you when you think one of, one of the things I did, people would always ask me, where are you getting all these listings? And the truth is, I had about 12 or 13 uh, lead lead sources that would that I would be generating leads from never bought leads, never paid for leads. I'm not fully against it, but I just don't think you have to. And I, I don't like spending money. I like investing money. So for me, coaching is investing, um, but I don't like spending money. And so all of the lead sources that I teach, um, I actually have a book where I teach the 27 uh, different lead sources for uh, seller, free seller leads. Um, that book is called Triple My Listings. So you said you had some strategies that you wrote a book for 27. Yeah, uh, different strategies. So it's called... It's called Triple My Listing. That's the name of the book, triplemylistings.com. And in Triple My, it's a free book that I make available. Uh, you know, you pay the shipping, I send it to you. Uh, and the reason I wrote it again was because my, we, we have a thing that we do called Do the Two. 
which means that every single morning for two hours, we're doing lead generation. Okay. That's from every single morning from nine to 11. I have 330 agents and all of them are doing that from nine to 11. Do the two. And that's, that's consistent lead generation every day. You go into your lead generation bunker. You don't, you don't, all you have is, you know, you might have a, a juice like I've got right now. You got a little bit of water. Maybe you got your coffee and a couple other things, your phone, you know, and, and things like that. And then you go into that bunker and you're, you're on lockdown for two hours. You're lead generating, generating leads. So what would happen is, um, Kevin, my, my people would go in and they say, okay, well, I'm in here now. What do I do? Who do I call? What do I, what, what do I say? How do I? So I said, okay, I'm going to give you, I'm going to, I'm going to write down and I just start writing, boom, 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 a bunch of strategies, start teaching on them. And then I put a book together for them. And now I make it, one of the things we like to do at eXp is just share with everybody. We call it one big fire. And so I just now share it with everybody. So, um, so, so that's, and, and they're free seller leads. Okay. 27 marketing ideas for free seller lead. You don't pay for them. But one of the things I learned early was that all these leads, when you even, even when you look at these 27 strategies, they all come from three buckets, three buckets. Number one, your sphere of influence. Number two is your farm. And number three is going to be your niche. Okay. Your, your SOI, your farm and your niche. Now in this market, Kevin, we got to get away from selling. Okay. Let me say it again. You have to get away from selling. Now I'm a salesman. And so I'm always selling something, you know, I just dropped a couple books in there, right? Just now I'm always having a call to action. Hey, go here and do that. This is the website. It's just in my DNA. I've been selling since I was 12 years old, door to door, cutting grass. If uh, I sold magazines, I sold candy door to door. I sold anything. So I, there was a point in time when I sold stuff I shouldn't have been selling, <laughs> you know, I got cleaned up when I was turned 18, I found Jesus, but I've always sold, man. I'm a sell, I'm a seller. And my coach told me not, not even that long ago. And it, it made sense to me, Nala, you got to get out of selling, dude. You always, and I'm like, but that's just the way, if I have a conversation, I'm, I'm selling, you know, that's just in my DNA. He said, you can sell, but what you have to sell people is hope. You have to sell them the, you know, uh, inspiration. You, you're, you're not selling anything. And so, so what I've picked up on that, Kevin, is when you reach out to your SOI, don't have the idea that you're going to try to sell them on something. Just find out how they're doing. You know, hey, John, how you been doing, man? I just checked. I was looking on Facebook. I saw your daughter just went off to college. You guys just got a new puppy. How are you doing? How, you know, how are you and Mary doing? I just want to call and see how you're doing. That's it. And this is how we, this is kind of what we did when the pandemic hit. Remember that what we're seeing right now is what we thought we were going to see when the pandemic first hit. Everybody said, oh, the market, the, the market's going to tank. It's going to crash. We're not going to be able to sell any houses. Um, well, now we're getting hit with it. Why? Because we got, we had inflation come in, increasing the money supply. And then we had, um, uh, you, you know, now, now we have these high interest rates, which is, it didn't cool things off. It froze. It's like a, it's like a, <laughs> it's like going from hot to froze, like flash frozen. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, and that's how it feels, right? It just feels that way. And so right now we're kind of in a little bit of a limbo state where nobody quite knows what to do. And we're sort of coming out of that. Um, usually that's about a two or three month deer in the headlights panic mode. And then as we come out of that about 90 days, then people are back out like, okay, should I sell? Do I do whatever? So, so now you're, you're at this point in the middle where you just check on people. Hey, how are you doing? How, how are you and Mary doing? Oh, we're doing this. And they're going to tell you all about what they're doing, how they're doing, what's, what, what's going on, whatever, whatever. The conversation's always going to come back to you. Well, how are you doing? Oh, you know, I'm glad you asked. I'm doing really well, but I've got a big problem, right? You know what? Maybe you can help me with this big problem I have. And they're going to say, well, what's the problem? How can I help? You know what, John, my big problem right now is inventory. I need more. I'm trying to help three families before the end of this month, three families that are looking for a place. I got to help them. Okay. 
And by the way, who do you know that's thinking about buying or selling? Okay, you can throw the buying in first. You can say selling first, however you, you know. That brings up the conversation about real estate with the angle of them, you know, helping. It's like, oh, I got to help. Man, I got to help Nolly. What you, let me see. So now they're starting to think. They're starting to think. Because typically, Kevin, we, we like to think that people are thinking of us and, you know, they have us on their mind when they hear about somebody that's thinking about selling. But the reality is they don't. They've got their own life, their own everything going on. But if you can get their commitment to help you, you say, okay, I get it, John. You don't know anybody right now. You no, Nobody comes to mind. But would you do me a favor? Because I got to help these families. Would you do me a favor? And anytime you run across someone that's talking about selling, thinking about selling, you know, mention my name and do a three-way text. You know, just pick, pick up your phone, text me and them together, okay? Uh, or, or, or let them know that you're, you're going to have me reach out to them. See, you have to educate your client on how to refer you business. If you just, if I just left it and said, well, just tell them about me. If you run into anybody, let them know, or, you know, they're not going to do that. You know, but if I educated them, oh, now they said to do. So now next time when I'm on the phone with John, I say, Hey, John, man, it's been about three or four months. You know, things are going better for me. But remember we talked about that, you know, whenever, so now you're, you're, you're educating them. Without being a pest, you know, you're finding out how they're doing. You know, what can you help? What can I help you with, John? What do you need? Okay. I'm here to help. Find out what people need. That's all selling is, by the way. Selling is this. If you don't know what selling is, a lot of people don't. Selling is finding out what people need and making it easy for them to get it. That's sales. <laughs> Find out what people need, make it easy for them to get it. Okay. You need to know about how to get leads. I'm going to put a book together and I'm, I'm going to make it free. Boom. Here it is. So, so that, that's the process. That's, that's your SOI. You have to also be working on a farm. Okay. That's a whole nother conversation that could, uh, it's another training, if you will, but farming is something that you have to do. You have to become known in certain areas. And then this is the season for niches. Okay. In this season, niches equals riches. Remember there are certain niches that will always be the case, no matter what the market is, okay? One of them is, for whatever reason, man, I mean, this is just the way the world is, um, people are gonna divorce. They're gonna, they're gonna separate, okay? And in many cases, okay, in many cases, when a, per, when a, when a, a couple divorces, which is about 60% of married couples, you know, around that number, 60%, is not going to end well, okay? And they're going to have to liquidate their asset, their home, okay? So they're going to need somebody to, to, so if you become a divorce expert, guess what? You could pick up 10, 15, 20 deals a year just by having a pocket full of, of realtors that you partner with in that. Now, let's say probate. John, people are always going to leave this earth, man, and people are always going to be coming in. <laughs> That's the cycle of life. So in probate, a lot of times there's a there's a a piece of real property that needs to be liquidated so you become good at probate guess what now you're doing it. now there's another uh, emerging market that i see which is uh these are sellers okay that are not even aware that they that they need to sell okay so i call these absentee owners okay uh off the market sellers if you want to say that so these are absentee uh owners of properties that are they basically have rental property okay and what's happened is if when you look at the stock market i was talking to a gal the other day who her client she's trying to buy a listing that i have uh, near downtown austin but his portfolio just when all this start stuff started happening his portfolio went down 40 percent. his stock portfolio so now he's having to diversify his portfolio, which means he's probably going to have to liquidate some of his real properties. Okay. And so for a number of reasons during this market, as bad as you might think it is, you got a guy out, guy or gal out there with three, you know, three, three, four, 12, 15 rental properties that need to liquidate two of them. Okay. And if you have expert, if you understand how that works, you can start calling these absentee owners and saying, Hey, I see that you've been having this house list uh, for rent for the past five years. 
um, you know, have you ever thought about what the property might be worth today? Or have you thought about diversifying your portfolio? Because I offer a variety of strategies to people like you. Well, what strategies do you have? Well, I've got the lease purchase strategy. I've got the strategy where you can own a finance with a three-year balloon or a five-year balloon. I've got this other strategy over here and I've got this other one. When can we talk more about it? By the way, how many properties do you own in the area? Oh, you've got seven. Have you ever thought about liquidating any of them to maybe uh, diversify your portfolio in this in, in this emerging market? Well, I have thought about that. Well, when can we talk about it? See, these are strategies, and there's a bunch of others, but these are strategies that when you understand the market, you become the person with the solutions in that market. You see what I'm saying? Um, right. Another, another, and there's other strategies. I, I don't want to uh, go too far down the rabbit hole with that, but um, but and, and and when you get so good at it that then they start telling their friend, man, I, I talked to this guy. You know, you should think about calling Nolly Williams because. And, and I've picked up a lot of properties that way. I had one guy, uh, he, he had 12, he was an attorney. He had like 12 properties. I had another guy with like 20 properties. Um, and they, you know, they know other people in their situation. So we've got the first strategy is fear of influence. Mm -hmm. Second strategy is farming. That's the first bucket. That's first the first bucket. bucket. First now bucket. each bucket has multiple strategies. Okay. Yeah. First bucket is uh, sphere of influence. Second bucket is farming is your third farm. bucket yeah your farm yep mm -hmm. third bucket is depending on where you stay at niche or niche yeah <laughs> niche <saying>. niche <laughs> uh, on the east coast is niche yeah but it don't rhyme with rich i like this. i like it. you got niche to get rich you're right <laughs> right right yeah let's talk about um niche because we can talk about niche 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 okay with it. Right, let's talk about it let's talk about it <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a misconception that that's what you solely have to do. Sure. So example, you're the listing specialist. But in the, in your career, and I don't know about this point, that doesn't mean you necessarily never work with a buyer. No, not at all. Right. That, that doesn't mean that. No. Nope. Mm -hmm. Right. So explain to people exactly you, you explain different niches. <laughs> niches you yeah. can get in but sure. explain the premise behind what it is and not that you only work with one thing and then everybody else is is doesn't bother you yeah so this is very important because what you have to look at when you're working the niche market is you you want to look at it from a standpoint of this is a division of your company okay write that down this is a division of your company and that's how you have to think about it because uh, I'll give you an example. So when I when when the market went crazy, when I first got in the market, I was doing strictly expires. That was in 2003. Expired. Boom, boom, boom. They were expiring. Now, if you worked expires in the last three or four years, you, you <laughs> I don't even want to talk to you because you, you're, you're mad, right? Because if you think about it in this a year ago, you picked up an expired. You mean that house didn't sell? Everybody else had 10 offers and that one didn't sell. You know, you got a bunch of dogs that, that you that you're picking up. So I would I would not even have taught um, expires as a strategy, but I would have taught old expires. You see what I'm saying? Old okay. expires. You expired in 2019 and you never went back on the market. Okay, let's call all the people from 2019, 2018. That's a different strategy. But I remember when the market shifted and I started calling people started being like oh five six and they were just like upside down that's why they they couldn't even they didn't even want to talk to me because they could they were underwater and they didn't know there was a solution so i had to figure out short sales okay now i figured it out enough to to, to i mean i'm I, I got really good at it and then i taught it to a team of people and then they did all the behind the scenes work all i did was generate the leads and then they did everything to get it to the pay window, okay? So with, with a short sale, um, I became very well known. I got so good at that, that we were doing, I mean, volume. You talk volume. I mean, we were doing lots of them. I mean, uh, in, in, our, in the office that I was at, uh, you had to do $100,000 in commission to cap. And I remember one year we did, we did that in nine days. We made a hundred thousand commission 
And so because we had such a big uh, inventory of these, it just became. So the problem I was fighting was, man, I want to do some luxury stuff. I, you know, I'm cool with this and I'm glad that the business has grown and we're doing a ton of business, but I don't want to be pigeonholed as the guy that only works, you know, with dead people, you know what I'm saying? Probate or whatever. So I, I want people to know that I do other stuff. So um, what you have to, what you, what you should choose to do is every niche that you decide to get into, uh, you have a separate presence. So you have a different website, you have a different business card, maybe different marketing messages, and you're marketing in different places. Okay. So if I, if I met with an affluent client and they had a $1.7 million listing and they say, well, wait a minute, I, I thought you did short sales. Oh, you're talking about my short sale division. Yeah, we we like to help people that are in distress because these people don't have any options whatsoever. They don't think they do have any options and they're on the way to foreclosure. So it's within my heart to help them. And we definitely help them. I have a whole team of people in that in that department. But for your property, you're going to we're going to run your property through my luxury division. OK, because in my luxury division, we're going to do this, this, this and that. And here's how we're going to work it. Boom. Then they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and then they understand, you see. So it's so you so it is a lot of people don't do niches because they don't want to get pigeonholed, but it's pretty easy to not allow that to happen. Wow. That was amazing. I've never heard it explained yeah. that way. Um, yeah, always think about it as a division of your business. And then you you just explain it to other people, oh, oh, you my short sale division or my short sale group oh yeah we handle that in, in that department but over here boom you know and 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 just like you got the green your light bulb went off when i explained it the client does the same thing oh he's gonna run, you're gonna run through my, <laughs> no I, I do that through my probate division but for you <laughs> we're gonna do this yeah <laughs> always selling man always selling yeah Oh, yeah, it's like sense. going to a hospital, you know, you go to, are you the orthopedic wing or you got to go to this? No, no, no. I'm, I need to go to that section. You know, my wife broke her leg when, right when we just moved to Puerto Rico. So I'm very familiar with these hospitals. It's like, uh, you know, but, but a specialist, um, what got me to thinking about that was these specialists, man, they charge a lot of money, but they're see three, when you're, when you're talking about the niche, when you have that niche okay there's three things or niche like we say in texas there's three <laughs> things that that it's what sets you apart so when you have when my wife broke her leg i didn't care about any before she broke her leg i did not care about anything about an orthopedic surgeon it was not even my frame of consciousness i never broken a bone my wife's never broken a bone okay but as soon as she had that break kevin it was like all right, we need an orthopedic surgeon. Who's the best? We got to find one. We need it. And it didn't matter what their fee was. I, I, I didn't even ask what their rates were. I didn't even shop around. Okay, let me find the cheapest order. No, 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 no. We got to get this done and we got to get it now. So what they do when you're a specialist in the medical industry, you charge more and you work less. I know this because uh, cardiologists, you can just Google it. They make about $153,000 per year, $153,000 to $156,000 per year, more than a general practitioner, but they work 30% less. Wow. Okay. Well, they're, they're actually work charted clock time is 30% less, but they make $153,000 around that more than a, than a GP. Why? Because a GP is any, oh, a general practitioner. I need one a mile from my house. Oh, you're a mile point five? Nah, we ain't going to you. I need one a mile from my house, you know? Now, I would, I would go 40 miles, which I did, to find a good orthopedic surgeon, okay? And so there, there's so there's three things that, that happen to you when you become a specialist. Number one, you're sought out, okay? You're sought out. Number two, you're in demand. And number three, you're relevant. You're relevant, Okay. So you got to look at what's happening in this market right now, whatever this market happens to be. If you're watching, if you're looking at this, listening to it, watching it, you know, 30 years from now, what's the market now? <laughs> what is the market? So you look at what does the market need and how can I bring that to the marketplace? 
Remember the guy, Kevin, you remember this, the guy that um, he, he wanted to go, to go out and strike it rich um, in the gold fields um, in, in California. And then he realized that, man, everybody needed like, there was one guy that realized everybody needed tools. <laughs> so he started selling shovels and buckets and whatever. And another guy said, all these guys need pants. And so he founded Levi's and, uh, and he, he started making pants for people because that's what was needed. So in any market you can clean up, but you, if you come in with that tired message from last market, they don't need that anymore. And they're not going to listen to you. But if you come up with a fresh uh, message for this market, boom, they're going to listen. Wow. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. <laughs> so I've been in real estate for a while and the market's changed and I need to increase my business. It's, it's do or die for me. Mm hmm what would be the first thing that I should invest in um, to either change my mindset or to get me more business so I can survive? Yeah, the first thing you want to do is um, you want to you want to you want to learn the listing game, okay? Because the the thing is, a lot. I had a guy ask me this yesterday. He said, "Man, should I just go ahead and turn on this?" Uh, this, uh, whatever it was, this, 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 uh, pay for leads system, just so I can just start, man, I got to have them now. I say you can, but what I, what I would recommend you do before you think about doing that is look at where do you want to be? Because if you set yourself up properly, you'll never be in the situation of feast or famine again, ever. It's called a pipeline. Pipeline prevents feast or famine. Um, we don't reason why we don't have feast or famine now, Kevin, is because we got grocery stores. Okay. So if I want to, if I'm running out of food in my pantry or my in my refrigerator, I just go to the grocery store and stock up. Now in our, our forefathers, when they start running low on food, they had to go hunting and they did it every single day. That's the reason why we lead generate every single day. What happens to most agents is they lead generate, they start doing it for two or three weeks, boom, they got business. They got two or three leads, they're following up. Now they stop lead generating and they get two or three pieces of business. They close those and then they're like, well, I don't have anything again. Then they start lead generating again. But see, it takes 90 days from the time you implement a lead generation strategy before you start seeing a paycheck from it. So when you put take your foot off the lead generation pedal, you just set yourself up for another 90 day lag in your paycheck. Even though you got business right now that you're working, you never take your foot off the lead generation pedal. That's the reason why from nine to 11, if my clients, sometimes they would call me up. Yeah, we got the closing schedule for 10 a.m. Great. I'm so happy you're going to be closing at 10. I won't be there. Oh, you're not? No, no, no. I've got an appointment. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in an appointment from nine to 11. You're not going to be at the closing? Now, if it's at 10 o'clock, <laughs> I won't. Now, if you want to reschedule it for noon or one, I'll definitely be there. But if not, great, no problem. Send me the settlement statement. Let me look it over. We'll go over it together. We could do a five, 10 minute call, Zoom, and we'll look at it. The numbers are good. You go, you sign the paperwork, you're good. Okay, but if you want me there, I've got an appointment at nine to 11 and I can't change it. Wow. So if any time a client was doing anything that they, oh, can you come list my house? I'm ready to, I'm just ready to hand you the keys. I can meet you at 930 in the morning. You know what? I'd love that for you to hand me the keys at 930 in the morning because you're ready to come list me. Uh, it's 1.7 million. I love that. But I'm not going to be able to get there at 930. You know, I can do it at uh, 1130, you know, but I'm, I've got an appointment from nine. I don't tell them I'm lead generating. Right. <laughs> you know? it's I, just, I just have that appointment in my calendar. It's, it's, it's immovable. So I don't, I don't move it for anything. Okay. Um, I don't do listing appointments during my lead generation time. Okay. Ge lead generation is for generating leads. Okay. It's, it's not for now the appointments come in the afternoon. You do two hours of lead generation in the morning, two hours. You have a, a block of two hours in the afternoon for appointments. You can move those however you need to, to move them. But, the, but your lead generation time is immovable. And guess what? People will be flexible. I've had people before. I say, well, Kevin, um, this is your most valuable for most people. Their, their home is their most valuable asset. 
Do you have anything in your life right now that's more valuable than your house? No. Okay. Okay. Well, great. Well, then that's, that's, you know, I appreciate you calling me and I look at this as your life savings. You know, you're trusting me with your life savings. And that's, that's a big honor. You know, I'm going to make sure to do it, to, to do you right. But see, if the dentist needed to reschedule you, you'd do every, you'd move heaven and earth. You'd, you'd take off work. You would move your schedule for the dentist because he got an opening. Okay. That's to fill a cavity, to get a cavity filled. I'm talking about your life savings here. All right. Now, what I need you to do is I need you to take off work. Okay. I need you to meet me. Um, I'm available any, any time between two to five, uh, or if we do it at one o'clock, take a couple hours off work. You can go to work as soon as we're done, but this is very important. Okay. In other words, I brought them to where I see, that's what the dentist does. Dentists don't say, Oh, you work from nine to five. I, I'll do you. I'll do your filling at 7 PM. No. So you, so, so you're telling me a, a tooth filling is more important than your life savings. I don't think so. This is the, one of the biggest transactions of your life. And, you know, so I, so I always, this is the reason why I never work nights and weekends. Okay. Cause I always got, you know, I was able to, to get the client to understand my position and what I had to do. And, 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 Hey, I need to, I need to be able to take a look at your property. I need to go through all the paperwork with you. And I need to get back to the office so I can present this to my team before they leave for the day. So we need to, we need to get this done before five. Okay. So would two o'clock work for you or would three be better? All right. And so it's just, it really is about, and that those are skills. Okay. This is about getting people to understand. Um, and by the way, skills are going to be appreciated in this market. <laughs> they're going to be appreciated and they're going to pay you dearly, you know, for those skills, you know, in the, in, in this emerging market. Man. It's it's all a matter of uh, perspective in the market too. Yeah, um, yeah. It, yeah. it is a it, you know it's, it's an opportunity because if you continue to work, you're really outlasting yeah. and outworking the next agent um, because every you know the people that got in two years ago and like you said, you could just breathe and list the property or work with buyer sure. and sell a home sure. in two yeah. days yeah. and. Um, it happens, but now in that skill set, uh, being yeah, able and also, to pivot. Of course. And, and, you know, back to your core question, what do I need to do right now to get business in my lap right now? The, 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 the problem with that mindset is that this is the re this is what got you in the place. You know, if you have that question, this is what got you where you are now is you're, all, you're, you're chasing that now money, now money, now money. See, that's called cash flow. Every business needs it. If you don't have cash flow, you're out of business. So I get that, man. We need cash flow immediately. So in order to create cash flow, you have to go to the tried and true. You have to go to the people that know, like, and trust you. You got to go to your sphere of influence. Go straight to them. I guarantee you there's some deals in there. And it, especially if you come to them with a strategy and you say, look, I've been, I've been looking at this and right now the market needs this. And so I'm helping three different kinds of people. Okay. I'm helping those that are recently divorced, those that have had a death in the family and those that have rental property that they're thinking about or considering the idea of liquidating. It's a free consultation. It might be better for them to keep it than to sell it. They may have wished that they had liquidated it six months ago, but they also might in six months wish that they would liquidate it now yeah. <laughs> or in a year from now, they wish they would have liquidated it. So we can have those conversations. And uh, who do you know that fits that scenario? Do you know anyone that recently, you know, they had a family member that passed away or is facing a challenge of divorce? These are my specialties. Do you know anybody that's got rental properties that needs to have somebody sit down with them and look at their entire portfolio of, of, of real estate portfolio and see what might need to be diversified? Okay. What not, might need to be switched out? I'm the person that, that's my specialty. Who, who are you? Who do you? So when you start going to your SOI with a combination of these skill sets, then they'll start thinking, well, wait a minute. You know, I, I such and such had just, I, you know, my cousin, so-and-so, you know, his mom just passed away, but, but they're in Louisiana. You're in Texas. Oh, in Louisiana. I've got some great partners in Louisiana. What area? Oh yeah. Let me look that up. Okay. We've got 23 partners out there. 
and I can definitely help them because this is my specialty here. I'm going to find somebody uh, of, of my 23. Let me look. It won't take me long and I'll, sh I'll share or I can help that person. Okay. I can, I'm in Texas, you know, but 90% of real estate's the same in every state. Okay. There's that 10% that's different. So I can coach that person to do a great job, you know, with, with, with your cousin's uh, uh, dad or, or mom or whatever it is through uh, that transaction. No problem. See, so, so you start to, you start to give them, you show a problem, you have them help you solve the problem. Okay. And the problem is only solved by them sending you business. <laughs> you know, you know, they're asking how they can help. Now you're telling them, you know, telling them. so, but, but, it, but you still have to skill up if that makes sense so that yeah. you can articulate to them your value. Oh, Hmm. Yeah, I, did. I know somebody going through divorce right now, but they really don't want to talk to anybody. I get that. But, you know, my specialty is to talk to people that don't want to talk to anybody because I've dealt with, you know, or I have a coach this, this, that, that, you know, he's dealt with hundreds and hundreds of divorce cases and it's very delicate and we know how to navigate that for sure. You know? That's awesome. So, man. So, so that's how you gain their confidence, uh, but you got to go to your SOI right away and then you have to go next skip over farming because farming is a long-term strategy don't skip it forever that's what most agents do they just never get around to it um, but skip it for now if you're if you need now money and go straight to the niche okay your soi and your niche figure out where those are going to be because a lot of times what you'll find kevin is if you're if you're just doing stuff for now money but you have an ultimate goal to become this special specialist or that a listing person or whatever okay i'm going to take a bunch of buyers for now that's okay if you have to do that you feed your family that's that's okay but look at every single action that you take is it moving the needle toward where you want to be or is it moving the needle away from where you want to be and that's how i judge whether it's an act an activity that i need to invest in wow this has been great a lot of knowledge, man. Um, so I'm going to drop one on you. Question for you. Sure. You have to move to a different different state. And all you have is $1,000 in your cell phone. You don't know anybody. How would you grow your business? Well, the first thing you have to do. So, so you know how I teach it's an SOI then a farm and then a niche. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if you're brand new to an area, you don't have an SOI. Right. Right. So you got to work that in reverse. It's the exact flip. So now you're working niche first, then you're going to work a farm strategy, and then you're going to build an SOI from those two things. Okay. So that in two years, by the way, if you added two people a day, to your database just go out and meet two people a day go to a coffee shop I, I don't care you know go go to go to events all right you meet two people every single day you're going to have an soi within two years of over 700 people okay i mean actually within one year my bad within one year you're going to have an soi of over 700 so this all this business about oh i'm new to an area how long you been there well i've been here only about a year Okay, well, if you would have met two people a day, <laughs> you would have a 700 person SOI. And I know people, Kevin, that are that are selling 60, 70, 80 homes a year, just among with a database of 30 to 40 people. Okay, it's very possible. I teach it. But what I would do a thousand bucks is I would I would find out what does that area need the most? Like, what's the market? Mar what are the market conditions? Um, what are the divorce rates? How many people are dying every day? Okay. I'd find that out first because that th those are pretty easy uh, niches to jump into. Uh, what's the old expired situation look like in that area? Okay. For the old expires. And then I'd look at a couple other things and then I would uh, find out what that market needs. And then boom, I would go straight into helping them. Awesome, the man. Yeah. That's great. Well, Nolly, we definitely appreciate you uh, spending time with us. For anyone who has questions, would like to uh, buy one of your books or all of your books or join uh, one of your coaching programs, how can they reach you? So I'm going to give you two, two call to actions. Number one, uh, I want you to go out and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Okay. 
I just looked at it the other day and this is ridiculous. I, you know, I'm, I'm almost ready to slow down. I have 838 videos on my YouTube channel, almost, you know, coming up on 900 videos. That's free training. You don't have to pay Uncle Nolly one dollar. <laughs> and, 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 and of course, we want them to subscribe to this podcast because this this is where you're going to, you know, you're listening to black voices, successful people that, that are doing what you, what you want to do. OK, so make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, subscribe to this podcast. And then the next thing you want to do is uh, get a copy of my free book, Triple My Listings. You can go to nolly.com. K-N-O-L-L-Y.com. There'll be a link. We'll send it out. You pay the shipping. We send it out to you. Uh, it's a free book. And um, and let me help you at least start generating more leads, you know. And then if there's a bunch of other stuff there. If you if you find anything that interests you, uh, reach out to us if you have more questions. Um, you know, we're the, the, the I'm coming up on 200 plus uh, five-star reviews on Google. Um, and my reputation is golden, man, because I, I made sure that I'm only going to teach the stuff that works. <laughs> and if it works, people can't, can't complain. Like it, the only reason what I teach doesn't would, would not work for you is that you're not doing it and you're not doing it in the order that I teach. That's the only reason that's it. Wow. Well, I appreciate you, you man. Thank man, you so I appreciate much. you too, man. We definitely got to come back for part two, three, and maybe 10. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we could go on for hours. Yeah, I know yeah, we yeah, can, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. This has been the Black Real Estate Voices podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Jefferson, the business healer, Mr. Nolly Williams. You guys have a great day.